Good morning and welcome to uh, church with us here at Bethel. And I am really looking forward to getting into God's word together. Why don't we bow our hearts from our homes and let's pray together as we prepare to hear from the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for this day. This day that you have given to each one of us. And I recognize that as we um, tune in online, tune in on Rogers TV, there is a variety of experiences that every single one of us have been going through this week and and are even going through today. Thank you that you are the God who knows every one of us and you know exactly what we each need to hear. And so would you encourage us? Would you strengthen? Would you bring healing? Would you bring challenge? Would you bring redirection or correction or whatever else you know we need today that we might be following you faithfully and together be the church that you are calling us to be? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning is our final message in this little mini-series that we've been doing called On Mission. If you missed a week, make sure you pop onto the website, uh, BethelStrathroy.com, and check out some of those past weeks. Today is our final message, and, and let me give you just one more way for you to think about what we've been trying to accomplish in doing this little mini-series as we kick off the fall and kick off a new ministry year. I want you to imagine that you are a, uh, a sailor. You, you love to sail in a sailboat. And uh, you're what you might call a purist. Meaning you've got your sailboat docked in uh, Nova Scotia and you've got this big epic voyage plan to go all the way across the Atlantic. But you are a purist, so you will have nothing to do with, you know, all this fancy technology like GPS. You got nothing to do with that. See, you've got this epic adventure plan to go from Nova Scotia all the way across the Atlantic to England. And you are going to use nothing but a compass and the sails on your boat, and a map. And you are going to go on the adventure of a lifetime, okay? And so you do all the work, you get your maps all laid out, and you get your compass all ready, and you get your boat all set, and all your food and your your stuff ready for the trip, and you chart your course, and you start to head out. But perhaps, just maybe, along the way, You don't realize it, but your compass starts to go a little bit wonky. Now, now if you were on that boat and you're you're heading across the Atlantic and you're charting right on what you think is the right direction, but your compass is just two degrees off, you you better realize that you're not going to be visiting Big Ben. You better start working on your Parlez le Francais, right? Because you're going to be landing along the shores in France and speaking French to the people that come up and find you there off course. Now, imagine if your compass was a little bit more wonky and, and you were just, let's say, like 12 degrees awry. Somehow something got dropped on or something. And, and so it was a little cockamamie by 12 degrees, well, you, you better realize that you're going to need like either a parka because you're landing on the northern tips of Norway or, or you're going to need some sunscreen because you're going to be hanging out on a beachside villa in the south of Spain. 
See, you, you think when, when you're charting that course, and, and if you look down at your little compass, I mean, two degrees difference on that little dial as you hold it in your hand, like, can you even see two degrees difference on there? I mean, 12 degrees doesn't really seem like that much, but, but here's the thing. Over time, the longer and longer and farther and farther you go, that little bit of difference becomes a world apart. This kickoff series has been about trying to help us to, first of all, as a church, each and every one of us, to get clarity on where we are charting our course towards, and then to also make sure that all of our compasses are precisely in line because because we want to end up at the same destination. We don't want one of us freezing up in the north of Norway, another one on the beaches of England wondering where is everybody and somebody else hanging out on the beaches in uh, Spain. We, we want to make sure that we all get to the same spot. And so this series has been about helping to make sure we know where we're going and then getting all of our compasses exactly pinpoint on track. We've looked at our mission, the why of how and why we are here as a church. We've talked about our vision and identified that we are about people, people coming to meet Jesus and then helping other people to meet Jesus. We've been challenged to consider the pace of our lives and my living at a pace that allows me to hear the voice of God and to follow him. Today is one of our final themes that, that we really want to get a fixed clarity about and track all together, unified rallying together for not only today, but for this whole year ahead. So we've talked people and we've talked pace, and now we're going to talk place. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 12. Here's what God's word says. Now, about the spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God who works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. And to another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. The body is a unit, though it is made of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body, and so it is with Christ. 
Here's, here's the big idea for us, friends, as we are looking into God's word and what's the one-liner, one takeaway, writing notes, jot this one down for your own takeaways and for a small group. Here is what it is. God moves in power when we each identify and embrace our spirit-given place. God moves in power when we each identify and embrace our spirit-given place. And, and I am praying for, for us as a local church, and, and frankly, for, for all of God's local churches in different, our community and different communities around that are loving Jesus and preaching his word. But, but the fact of the matter is we land in one particular spot, each and every one of us. And so when I think about Bethel, I am praying in this year ahead and in the years ahead that, that we would see God move in power in our midst, that we would see God transforming lives, transforming parenting and marriages and children and homes, transforming our community, transforming hearts that love would be bursting forth and care and hope and healing and, and um, that, that we would be a place that just is a beacon of God on the move. There's this verse in the book of Acts that describes the early church when it was first getting going and the dynamic that was, was happening there. And it's just this like, wow. Here, let me read it for you description. It, it says this of the church. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. I love that. The, the watching world around them is like, we don't know what to do with you. Because on the, on the one hand, we, we've got this sense of like, we, we regard you so highly. We see the love. We see the care. We see the way transformation is happening. We see the hope and the healing that you guys are experiencing. And yet at the same time, we don't dare go even near that because there's we can see the living God, God Almighty, the God of the universe at work, and we're not really even sure what to do. And yet, even as it says, they do not dare go near. Do you know, did you notice what else it says? Nevertheless, even though there is this, this regard and this reverence, nevertheless, more and more men and women were added to their number every day because God was on the move, Bethel. This is what I'm praying we would get to see in our midst the Lord moving in these kind of ways so that he gets all the glory and we get a front row seat for what he is doing. And here is the takeaway we've got from 1 Corinthians 12, which, which really leads us and gives us instruction on how this plays out. God moves in power when we each identify and embrace our spirit-given place. Verse 1 begins in our text. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Paul says to the, to the believers there, I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be misguided and confused dear brothers and sisters. And sadly, in, in the church in Corinth and in so many instances since then over the last 2,000 years, 
This topic of spiritual gifts has been the source of much confusion and misunderstanding and wrong teaching and misguided information and disunity. That's not the way it's supposed to be. God's desire and intent for the spiritual gifts that he gives is to bring us together as the church, but the devil has had a heyday in this one using the very thing God intends to unite us to be the source of ripping the church apart and creating incredible havoc. Verse 2, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and you were led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one says Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. These believers here from the church in Corinth many years ago had spiritual backgrounds where they were wrapped up in and influenced by idol worship and all kinds of distorted stuff. But but even in that distorted stuff, they saw some extraordinary things happening. Spiritual forces that were at work and moving in power. And this is key when it comes to understanding what the Bible says about spiritual gifts, what Paul is getting at here, he's getting at this. He's getting at the need for discernment. We need Holy Spirit-led discernment, Word of God-directed discernment when it comes to the spiritual gifts. We need discernment about who is at work. We must not just write off all spiritual forces and say, well, that doesn't really even happen anymore today because God is alive, the Holy Spirit is moving, but also we must recognize that the enemy, the devil, and his minions, demons, are alive and at work. Think about, remember back that Old Testament story of Moses and when God leads Moses to go to Pharaoh and he does all of these incredible different miracles, but then Pharaoh calls his very pagan, obviously not followers of God, priests, and they can do these imitations of these miracles. That There is a spiritual force in this world and that is not from God. And so we need discernment. And here's the insight that we get here. How do you know if this is from God or if it's the devil who masquerades as an angel of light? How do you know? Paul says we must examine, is this exalting Jesus? See, because everything the Spirit of God does, the genuine Holy Spirit of God, he does everything to the glory of Jesus Christ. And so is what we see happening exalting Jesus or is it exalting someone or something else? That, that's the giveaway as we seek to discern. Is all the glory and tension going to Christ? There are different kinds of gifts, verse 4 continues, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Sim- simply, God is one. Father, Son, and Spirit, God is one, and God works, He is unity, and He works everything together in His people for one purpose. He intends for the spiritual gifts to bring about oneness, unity together, not division apart. Verse 7 continues, now to each one, 
the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good to each one. Right? It says there, let's just pick this apart. To each one, that is to say, to every single person, to each one who is a follower of Jesus. And so back then in the church, and, and for you here today, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, this is true for you, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, that's to say the, the display of the Spirit, the, the evidence of the Spirit is given, Spiritual gifts are that display of God's Holy Spirit at work within a believer. And they are given for the common good. See it again there? Unity. For the common good. For our good all together and for us together to be what God intends for us as a church to be. And now he's going to go into this list of a bunch of different gifts. And the list that we've got here is not exhaustive. There's a number of spots in the scriptures where you can go to see other lists that talk about some of the other gifts or, or varying kind of ex expanses or more focused lists. You know, you can go to Ephesians 4. You can go to 1 Peter chapter 4. You can go to Romans chapter 12. Here are a list of nine gifts. Verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, to another faith, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Nine different gifts that are listed here in this particular list before us. And for time's sake... I don't have time today for us together to dive into all of these gifts and really dig like a deep dive into them. But you might remember, or if you were not journeying with us back then, you can, you can go and refresh or, or check it out. A couple years ago, we did a series here at the church where we did a, I think it was 12 weeks, deep dive into all of the spiritual gifts. And I want to encourage you to pop onto our website, BethelStrathroy.com slash spiritual gifts and, and check that out. Whether it is a reminder and you were here, but just to kind of get a bit of a refresher, or if you were not journeying with us at that point when we did this a couple years ago to, to dig into this, we did such a significant and it was pivotal for the life of our church, learning about what God's word says about these spiritual gifts and about what um, they are, what they're not, how they are to be used, how they're not, asking and answering lots of questions, giving definitions on there. There's a resource that gives you all the different spiritual gifts and what they mean, small group questions, all the stuff is on there for you to go. And, and that would be my, my urge to every single one of us, actually, to go back and dig into what we had there. What I want to do today, though, is, is grab onto a few of the high points that come out of this text and are so important for us to be remembering as we kick off this new ministry year, considering what God would have for us in each finding our place that God has for us to serve. Here's the first. First thing for us to just realize and be aware of and united on with a course all set together. As a church here, as Bethel, 
We believe that all of the spiritual gifts that are described in the New Testament are still given to the church and active and intended by God to be utilized in local churches, both in Strathroy and in the communities around us and to the farthest ends of the earth. Here's how we put it within our statement of faith as a church. Let me just read this for you. We believe that the Holy Spirit sovereignly chooses to give every believer at least one gift for the service uh, in the ministry of the local church to accomplish God's purpose. While there are a variety of spiritual gifts described in the Bible, we recognize the practice of the gifts of tongues and interpretation and the healing and prophecy has resulted in some confusion and division. We believe that God is not limited and can and does use these gifts as he sovereignly chooses. These gifts are need to be exercised in accordance with scriptural direction We do not see the practice of these gifts as requirement to the evidence of faith in Christ, the filling of the Holy Spirit, or to spiritual maturity. Here in Strathroy, in Ontario, at Bethel Baptist Church, and and in God's church around the world, God is still giving believers His Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit still gives gifts to His disciples, to disciples and followers of the Lord. And although there has been confusion at times and controversy at times, this does not mean we shy away from talking about this. We do not believe that this means that we should just throw the whole thing out with the bathwater, but that rather we must come and understand what God's word says and live in accordance with what the word of God teaches. Have you ever seen a guy who, I suppose it could be a gal too, I don't want to be stereotypical, who is a bodybuilder and who really like works out like crazy on their upper body. And so they just like pump muscles and they're just like huge. But then if you zoom down to like look at their legs, they've got like teeny tiny little chicken legs. That that's unfortunately what a lot of churches have ended up being like. And maybe that's even been your experience where, where there's a few of the gifts that are really emphasized and really strong Depending on your tradition, it might be a different set of gifts there. But then the rest of the body is actually just like malnourished. What we want to be as a church, what I believe God intends for every local church to be, what we're striving according to the word of God, is to be not, not like that, you know, just heavy built bodybuilder at the top with chicken legs on the bottom, but rather the decathlete of the Olympics. You know the decathletes? They're the ones who do like every single event in like a couple days. They're the ultimate athletes and every part of their body is finely tuned. That's what we want to be as a church. That's when God moves in power. When all the muscles of the body, all the gifts within the church are operating at full strength. Here's the second thing. So we, we do believe, the scriptures teach, that these gifts are still given, still active, and we need them as a church. Second, I found this framework from John Thompson. He is an author, pastor um, on the other side of Toronto. He's written a book called Convergence. He, he uses three descriptions, three categories within his book, Convergence, to describe the spiritual gifts. And I found this so helpful. 
He describes them, first of all, as some are love gifts, and then second, some are word gifts, and then some are power gifts. The love gifts manifest the love of God in practical ways. The love gifts manifest the love of God in practical ways. These are gifts that show God's love to people in very tangible ways. So think gifts of mercy, think gifts of administration, hospitality, giving. Okay, that's love gifts. Then there's word gifts, which clarify the nature and action and purposes of God. So the word gifts, these are gifts that articulate who God is and how he works to understand what the Bible and teaches us and to understand God. These are gifts like teaching and exhortation or evangelism or apostleship. So there's love gifts and then there's word gifts and then finally there's power gifts. Power gifts demonstrate the power presence and reality of God. These are gifts that are like when God does this, when he displays these gifts, everyone in the room is like, oh, like how did that just happen? That was, there's no other explanation. That was God. These are undeniable, unexplainable from a human level, leads you to see the power of God was at work. Gifts of faith would fall in this category, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, words of knowledge. Those are a few of the kind of gifts that are under the power gifts. This way of grouping it, love gifts, word gifts, power gifts, is so helpful and so insightful. We'll, we'll circle back to this in, in a couple minutes here to see how this is really tangible for us as a church Here's a third thing, okay? A third piece that we need to pick up on from this text. Notice how it says in verse 8. Let me read it for us again. Part of verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit, and then it goes and starts to list these off. Different gifts. These spiritual gifts are not earned, okay? They, They are not demanded, They are not conjured up by our efforts, you know, our own uh, goodness, our own pleading, our own demands. They are not our choice. Verse 11, let me read this for us. All these are the work, the, the gifts, all these gifts are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So where do the spiritual gifts come from? Who decides what spiritual gifts you get and I get and what you don't get and what I don't get? The Spirit of God decides. The Spirit of God gives us our gift or gifts. Spiritual gifts are not the same as human skill or ingenuity or natural abilities. They are certainly not gained by human manipulation. They are gifts given by the Holy Spirit to each one who is a follower of him as the Holy Spirit decides. And these gifts are not about leading us to squabble with each other, to look down on one another, to divide, but rather they're to unite us, that we might thrive together. Our final verse, the body is a unit. Though it's made up of many parts, meaning many different spiritual gifts, people with different spiritual gifts, and though all its parts are many, they are from one body, 
And so it is with Christ. We are a body. We are a body. This local church and each local church is a body, a, a, a body of Christ. This picture of the body is such a powerful and helpful metaphor for us. Every single one of us who is a part of this local church has been given spiritual gifts, and these gifts, think of them like different parts of the body, okay? So there are some in our church who are gifted with the spiritual gift of teaching, and they are a right hand as part of our body. There are others that have been given the spiritual gift of mercy, and they are a right elbow of the body. Others have been given the gift of faith, and they are a left shoulder in the body. Or some others have been given the gift of speaking in tongues or interpreting the gift of speaking in tongues, and, and you are the left hand of the body. And on and on it goes, right? And remember our big idea. God moves in power when we each identify and embrace our spirit-given place. God has made us, Bethel, to be a body. Some left hand, some right foot, some right knee, some left ear. We are one body with many parts. And God has made you to be a part of this body. To be a part of his church. And for our body to be effective and work with power, we need every part of our body to be thriving in their place. And so if your left leg is not working right, how thriving are you to get around and run a marathon if you don't have a working left leg? It's not going to go very well. If you are right-handed and you don't have a right arm, how is life going to go for you? It's not going to be thriving very well. To operate optimally, to see God move in power in this body that we are, we need to be using our spiritual gifts as God intends. And so it, it prompts us to start to ask, have, have you clearly identified the place God has for you in this body? If you're a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God is in you. He's given you spiritual gifts. He intends for you to be a part of the body, the bigger body. Have you identified the Spirit-given place that God intends for you to play in this body. Second, do you value the place of all of the other parts within the body? Do you see, okay, I am a left ear, and I understand I'm a left ear, and I appreciate all the rest of the different parts of the body. I value them. I see their need. Not only mine is a left ear, but each of their parts that they play for us to thrive and see God do all that he wants. 
And then if you know what your place is, are you embracing your place? This is how God intends for his church to be and how we see God move in power. When you know and embrace your spiritual gift, guess what? It's a delight to get to serve using your spiritual gift. Do you, do you know how I know when someone has the gift of hospitality? You know, the spiritual gift of hospitality. How do I know if someone has a spiritual gift of hospitality? Well, it's the person who, after they have helped behind the scenes to put on an event where they're serving and, and putting together food or array, organizing the details or whatever, and there's all this work they're doing behind the scene, and the, the event comes to an end, and they've worked for hours tirelessly, and no one has even noticed, and you go to say, thank you so much for how you serve to make this night possible. And they say, oh, no, no, it was my pleasure. Thank you for letting Letting me do this. That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> You've got the spiritual gift of hospitality. And you're like, well, doesn't everybody look at the world this way? No, they don't. <laughs> we don't. You look at it that way because the Holy Spirit has given you the spiritual gift of hospitality and you love to serve. When we serve using our spirit-given place, it is this incredible delight. Yeah, there is labor and effort and challenge to it and sometimes obstacles, but it is a delight to get to do. It's one of the beautiful things when God starts to move in power is we see delight in service. Here's the second thing we see happen and how God intends our church to be. When we are all clear and aware of what our different places are, and we are using our spiritual gifts in the way that God intends, those three areas are all being used. Love gifts, word gifts, power gifts. Not the, you know, big muscle man on the top with the chicken legs down below, but every part of the body thriving together when that's happening and all the love gifts, word gifts, and power gifts are thriving according to the word of God and the way God directs. Guess what happens? God brings all sorts of different people into relationship with Jesus. Because there's different people out there who need the Spirit of God working in different gifts to draw them to the Lord. Not everybody comes the same way. Do you know that? Like, there's some people in our communities around and the people in our lives who they need to be loved into the kingdom. I, I, I will never forget one individual who's a part of our church. You know how they came to Christ? They came to Christ when a group of you used your love gifts of service to help with his wife's funeral. And it was as a result of the overwhelming care and love that was displayed to him and his family during his wife's funeral that led him to give his life to Jesus. That's amazing. Some people need to be loved into the kingdom of God. Some other people, they need to be worded into the kingdom of God. I, I know of at least two, maybe there's more, but I know of at least two of you who are a part of our church family, who you have tattoos on your arm of pictures 
explicitly there because you want someone to ask you about it so you can start a spiritual conversation to share the gospel with somebody. You have these images on your arm tattooed onto your body with the express purpose of trying to start a gospel conversation to point people to Jesus. Do you know what that is? Do you know what it is when you tattoo an image onto your arm to do that? You, you are someone who probably has the gift of evangelism. And, and you guys, and there's many others as well, it's not just the tattooed folks who have the gift of evangelism, but, but you, I hear so many stories of you leading people to Jesus and starting spiritual conversations with people, and people, some people need to be worded in through conversation with folks who have the gift of evangelism into the kingdom of God. There are others who need to be powered into the kingdom of God. There, there are several in our midst, even from the last couple of years, who you have come to Jesus. Specifically, I'm thinking of some amazing, truly miraculous things. I don't, I'm not using that lightly. I mean, legit, mind-blowing, no other way. God was in the room stuff through our Alpha program that led several people to come to know Jesus and have become a part of this church because they saw the power of God at work, specifically through gifts of words of knowledge. There's no other way you could know this. This is God at work, and they need to be powered into the kingdom of God. When all three of these areas, love gifts, word gifts, and power gifts, are all thriving, when the church is seeing all of these gifts used, then more and more people are drawn into the kingdom of God. When only one or two of the three sets of gifts are allowed to be used and encouraged and strengthened, then guess what? We miss out on so many people God desires to reach through the gifts he's given to his church. Finally, finally, here's one other amazing thing that happens as we start really using our spiritual gifts. Guess what? It spurs the rest of us on in our faith with Jesus. When we see people using their spiritual gifts, it encourages and challenges and teaches and, and pushes the rest of us forward to trust in the Lord. When we hear an answered prayer for someone who has the spiritual gift of healing, then we are pushed to say, hey, I need to pray with more faith for someone to, my, this dear loved one of mine, to be healed by the Lord. When, when we see a dear sister share her faith with someone and they come to know Jesus or we hear the story of that and we're like, man, I don't have the gift of evangelism, but that encourages and challenges me. I can go and share my my faith like that, when we hear the testimony of someone giving generously and sacrificially, it, it just like, let, let me give you an example of this one. A few years ago, one of our one for 51 mission trips went to Peru to deliver audio Bibles, particularly to illiterate women in the mountains of Peru who are shepherds. And there, there was one person from our congregation who had a particular burden when they heard about this trip. And they have the spiritual gift of giving. I am certain of it. And, and the burden that was on their heart was they wanted to sew these little um, lanyard uh, pouches. They go around the neck and then their little pouch that, that these women in Peru could put their audio Bibles in and then be able to have their hands free so that they could look after the sheep, but be able to listen to God's word. And so, so this person set a goal of how many, a couple hundred of these pouches that they wanted to sew to send with the team. Except as they were nearing their goal, they ran out of fabric. 
God had so burdened this person to fulfill this goal to help these illiterate women in Peru to be able to hear about God's word. And, and this person doesn't have a whole lot of money to go out and buy more fabric. So do you know what she did? She took the one set of bed sheets that she had and she cut them up and sewed them into the final number of pouches. <laughs> Her one and only final set of bed sheets. And when I heard this story and I talked to her about it and asked even permission to again share this story here, her comment to me was, I have so much, we have so much here. We, people, I don't need my bed sheets. People need to hear the Bible. I don't need my own, my one pair of bed sheets. People need to hear the word of God was her comment to me. I don't understand what the big deal is. And I said, you know what? That's because this is a spiritual gift. And, and when you hear a story like that, does it not urge you and cause you to be like, man, am I not needing to give a little more generously and sacrificially when we celebrate uh, the, the gift of a spiritual gift of giving through one of our, our midst, and then we are pushed and spurred on to follow in greater steps of faith too, because we all need to give sacrificially, whether we have the spiritual gift of giving or not. God moves in power when we each identify and embrace our spirit-given place. So this leads us to some pretty obvious but pivotal questions to reflect on as we finish here. First, for all of us, all ages and stages, all spots on our journeys as followers of Jesus and whatever is going on in your life, have you clearly identified what your spiritual gift or gifts are? Ask yourself that. Have I clearly identified what the spiritual gift or gifts God has given to me are if you're a follower of Jesus? If not, I need to urge you. you, you need to, you need to figure this out. You need, because you have at least one gift. The spirit of God is living in you and he has given you at least one gift and he has done so for a purpose, for a purpose for your life and your growth, but also for a purpose much broader than that because you are one part of the body. And so what God intends for the whole body to be able to do, he's made you to be that left hand. So you need to know you're a left hand as part of the body. And as church leaders, can I just say, we would love nothing more than to help you figure this out to discern what is the gift or gifts that God has given to you. I do not believe this is like a fill out a little survey thing and that's how you figure it out. I think the heart of how we discern what our spiritual gifts are is done in gospel community. And so, so the action step, if you're not sure what your spiritual gift is, is you need to lean into the gospel community that is around you. And if there's not one, you need to get into one, whether that's into your small group and connect with your small group leader, or if you're not in a small group, get into one meeting or connecting with one of our elders or our staff, sending a text into the church number. And we would love to connect with you and help you discern through this in the context of gospel community.
to figure this out. Here's the second question. So have I clearly identified what my gifts are? Second, if you do know what your gift is, so you've worked that out or you go on and work that out, are you actively serving in your spirit-given place as a part of your local church? Whatever your local church is. And so maybe you're part of Bethel or maybe you're watching this on TV or online. This isn't your church home, but you've got a church home. Whatever that is, are you actively serving, using the spirit-given place God has made you to have in your body, in the body that you are a part of, for his purpose? You need to actively regularly use your spiritual gift. This will look different for everyone. Totally get it. For youth and young adults, to retirees, to shut-ins, to single moms, different ages, different stages, there's not a one-size-fits-all. Of course. Totally get that. But this is true for all. It might look different for each one of us, but this is true for every single one of us who are followers of Jesus. He has given all of us spiritual gifts, and he intends for us to actively and regularly lean into using our spiritual gifts. And get this, your church needs you to do it too. Because this isn't just about me thriving and all that God has made me to be, but this is actually the church as a whole thriving and all that God intends us to be together. We need one another. We can't be a body on our own. And we can't thrive without every part of the body being all that it, God calls each one of us to be. Step into the place that God has gifted you for. You're not sure what that place is? Okay, again, how do you figure this out? Come and ask. Don't hold back. Come and ask. We would love nothing more than to help each one of us find that place where we thrive because don't put this off. Don't prolong it. Don't think this is for someone else. This is for you. And this is for me because God moves in power when we each identify and embrace our spirit-given place.